it has taken, at least for me, a real effort to enforce and set boundaries when it comes to everything in my life, but like my work, right? Uh, you know, Meg Thee said B and that B stands for bands. I say big B and that B stands for boundaries. I need to set boundaries. And so that looks like, okay, that email, oh, I'm exiting out of that. I'm not on the clock, <laughs> right? Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode three of I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. And three episodes doesn't seem like a lot compared to the hundreds of other episodes that some of my favorite podcasts have specifically thinking about my favorite murder shout out to them but i've been loving talking with my friends and having a really fun time hearing these real raw honest conversations so if nothing ever comes from this which i secretly hope isn't the case it's been a lot of fun and i'm so excited to keep sharing these stories with y'all and on today's episode y'all get to meet one of my other really close friends taylor johnson she's also a fellow colleague Taylor is a licensed clinical social worker like me. She's also a community superhero. She's been working in the mental health field for a little over three years, and she prides herself on advocating for diversity in all areas, but especially mental health. Taylor loves empowering people to live in their truth and love all of themselves, which includes her favorite B word, other than Beyonce, boundaries. Hey. Hey. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode, not sure what number it is now, but very excited to be back on <laughs> I've Been Better. Um, I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. And today we have my good friend, previous colleague, you know, my soul sister when it comes to redesigning your house. This is Taylor. Home design gang. <laughs> yes. Yes. Welcome, Taylor. Um, Taylor and I met when we used to work together at a job in community mental health. Yes. Yes. In the beginning. Yes, the beginning when we had our associate licenses. So if we haven't mentioned it before, Taylor and I both are licensed clinical social workers. Yes. And you'll get to hear a little bit about that today, I believe. But welcome, Taylor. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. It's so nice to be looking at you in person. Taylor and I, I also get to be in person for the first <laughs> time in a month. We've been very COVID conscious mm -hmm. and we made it work today that she felt comfortable coming in person to our loft space. So welcome. Yes, yes. Thank you. Okay. Nice new digs. Okay. Thank you. Um, 2021 level up. Yes. Second time I've had the compliment of the yellow mustard wall behind you. Because it's a vibe. Like, come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can match as my coffee cup. I, I noticed and I'm, I see the decor. I see it coming together. But home design, that's how I'm taking care of myself these days. So thank you for contributing to that. You're very welcome. I love that. I don't know if everyone who's listening to this podcast has an at-home store in their community at or their sponsor. city. It is <laughs> our favorite at-home store or home decor store, we should say. Yes. Here, it's massive. It's Sam's Club for your house. Oh, my God. Yes. It's like, it, it's like Sam's Club, BJ's, Costco, but make it fashion for your house you know what I mean <laughs> yes dress up your house no Absolutely. you should have seen me last weekend I walked in and I was like cue fabulous throw it in the bag I was just like throw it in the cart where, where do we get it actually <laughs> where's I do the line here. here's the line right I was like the limit does not exist <laughs> yes yes you needed one of those Mary Poppins bags honestly never ending bags awesome well good well it is January where we are so it's very chilly and it is right after Christmas, so mm -hmm. a lot has happened for 2020, but we are in 2021. Nine damn days in. Nine, nine <laughs> days in. I, I can't believe it's only been nine days into 2021. Yeah, we still feel like we're in 2020. 
Right. I'm yeah. like, everyone's like, this is a part two. And I'm like, I'm praying it's not. But also, <laughs> yeah, it's not looking so good, guys. Had my seven day free trial. I'd like to return it. <laughs> return it. Return to sender. Actually, unsubscribe me. I'm good. <laughs> Take me off the list. Thank you. Right. Um, so back to a little bit about how Taylor and I met. So we both worked for the same company mm-hmm. that had multiple locations. I was in Raleigh. Taylor was in Greenville. Yes. Right out of college. Oof. Yes. And you came to a training? I did. So that's a fun story because in grad school, I had applied to multiple jobs in the RDU area. Um, didn't get one phone call. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, like, I, I, I need to get my license. I want to do this. And I know what population I want to work with. I want to work with kids and families. And when I did that, I didn't get a call. And I did get one call for the organization that had an office in Kinston, which is like small That's town right. in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Right. 30 minutes outside of Greenville. It's like, it's fine. Um, because, you know, bills are still due. Need a job. Took it. And I had to go to all the trainings in Raleigh, Durham. Because <laughs> they don't think to move the trainings to anywhere else across the state. No. I mean, in the middle. So I'm like driving back and forth. And I had made up in my mind. I was like, you know what? I love Raleigh. I'm going to move up here. And so I think it was in the middle of like a break. And me, you and our other friend, Karina, were sitting there. And you were just like, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, looking for apartments up here. And that's when you were just like, should we tell her? They're like, let's tell her. Let's tell her. So <laughs> Karina and I were on the Raleigh Durham team that already existed here. Mm-hmm. And we, I believe at that time, knew that one of our colleagues was leaving or we had an opening or we just needed another clinician. So at the time, yeah. I was in a role known as family-centered treatment clinician, mm-hmm. which is a community-based trauma-informed care model of therapy that we do. Yes. And so Taylor was in Kinston helping with their marketing team for that exact model of therapy mm-hmm. which was we were supposed to launch that office there so all i was doing is trying to get clients for myself nothing bit because no. it's a small town right and it was just like okay girl but we already have all these other in-home teams so what do we need you for right yeah. right so then they recognized that your role there was kind of obsolete at that point mm-hmm. and you advocated for yourself yes yes all i did was put it out there and i you know went to our supervisor was like hey <laughs> You know, if you have something, just consider me. Um, And then shout out to you guys for advocating for me as well. Because I later got a phone call that was like, hey, (laughs) you can tell them to stop. (laughs) Okay, I can't I can't bring you here until there's money to bring you here. (laughs) Yes, our supervisor, I think, was absolutely in on the idea. You know, our supervisor is fantastic Mm -hmm. about hearing the voices of the, the team. And Karina and I were very adamant that we needed to bring you to Raleigh. Yeah. Not just because we liked you as a person. But because we liked you as a clinician, we're like we need Taylor's mindset and her view and her skills. Bring her to Raleigh. And then when did you end up out here? October? Yeah. So it was funny. I made my 90 day review in September. Literally was in the middle of like a, a training session for like you know, working out and got the text message. She was like, can you be here in like three weeks? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Screw this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you came, got an apartment. Yeah. And was done. Yeah. Which is wild because I remember starting New Year's Eve that year, like bought the New Year in in Raleigh with a friend. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm very like, manifest, believe. Right. It. And I, I like put it. it on a vision board where I was like, I just I'm going to get to Raleigh. I don't know how, but I'm going to get there. And it happened. And it happened. It yeah. happened. Yeah. And that was when? 2017? Ooh, yes. 2017. Oh, <sighs> That's insane. That was four years ago. Crazy. Oh, three and a half, technically. I know. Almost four years ago. I'm not in a rush. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm so glad that you're here. And so now Taylor and I are both in different roles. Mm -hmm. We both left that position. We've grown, fully licensed. Thank God. Hallelujah. Yes. (laughs) And now we are onto bigger and better things. 
I'm very glad that you're here today. Yes. And as you and I have talked prior, you know, about the premise of the podcast and what got us both here today, I'd love to hear when you heard about the the phrase, I've been better and thinking about a time where someone asked you how you were or just said, hey, how are things going? And part of you wanted to answer, I've been better. What comes to mind for you when you think about that? Man, so many things. So many things. So like you said, like I moved up here in 2017, um, kind of at the end of it. And so it was wonderful. It was a great ride. And also it's like adulthood hit and shit got real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think within the last like three years, I experienced so many moments where it's like, I've been better, right? Like, you know, disclosing, like I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder Mm -hmm. that I would never have imagined would have happened to me at 25. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, and I was kind of trying to figure out how to manage my own feelings about it and not share too much with people. But it was clear that it was like, you're not doing okay, girl. And I'm like, When we worked in a job that required us to be very vulnerable and empathetic Mm -hmm. and being new clinicians, you have to learn the boundaries that go with that to not open yourself up to, I can't manage my own emotions or I don't even know what they are. Mm -hmm. Now I have to manage yours and your life is falling apart. Hard. Because we worked in crisis, right? Right. We worked in high risk. 24-7 crisis. (laughs) 24-7 crisis, high risk families. Yeah. Yeah. And so it very much impacts when you have stuff going on in your life. How do you not? bring that with you. Oh my God. Right. Right. And even on a different level, right? Like I can say that I've I've opened myself up to um, creating friendships as work at work, as you know, right. Mm -hmm. We are now friends at outside of work and we were friends at work too. Um, And I was really, really like, Ooh, no, like I would never even cry at work. I'm like, you can't, you can't be seen as too vulnerable in the workplace, even though we do work that is centered around vulnerability. Um, and as a black woman, I think that there is this idea that like, you can't be seen as weak in the workplace. You have to hold it together, girl. Like you have a whole nother, like battle to fight and another wall to climb completely. And so it's like, you have to hold this demeanor. Right. Um, and that was hard during that time. And it took a lot for me to be able to open up and trust and say like, y'all, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. This sucks right now. Um, And that's one, that's just one instance, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even within 2020, okay, what the hell was 2020? (laughs) I don't even know. We're going to look back in 15, 20 years and it'll be like those memes (laughs) that have you seen the kids saying, daddy, why is grandma wiping the groceries down with Clorox? (laughs) Right. Why is she always wearing a mask? We don't don't talk about that. She lived through 2020. Right. Like you get the shakes when you think about it (laughs) kind of thing. That is going to be me with my grandkids. And it's hilarious. But I, I even think about this past year, I'm like, Okay, so I survived 2020, like a literal global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Black lives were literally just dying randomly. And it's like, it's always shitty to hear about. But when you hear about it in terms of like, oh, yeah, Breonna Taylor just like in her house <laughs> and she died. And being in her age range, like being 27 and just hearing that was like, yep. okay. Shit cool. is real. This is Shit real. Shit is real. Yeah. And going to work, which is wild because um, I think it's safe to say like the mental health world is a very white space, right? Um, no matter where you go. And so that didn't change just because I changed jobs, right? Um, And going into that when at the height of all of this shit was like, okay, cool, hold it together. And I I had a colleague kind of say like, well, kudos to you for like just coming into work and putting that to the side. And I like almost lost it. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, that's not- If y'all could see my face right now. Right, right. Because the- the idea is that you just come in and you act like nothing's wrong. And so when people say, how are you doing? It's, I'm good. No, I'm not good. Yeah. This it's is- that expectation that you left your shit at the door. Exactly. When it's like, no, girl, 
I don't take this skin off <laughs> because I'm here at this job. This name tag doesn't technically erase my whole identity just because it says the place I work for. At all. At all. I carry this with me. I know what's happening in the world and it is impacting me. So when you say, how are you doing today? I can't lie to you and be like, girl, I'm good. No, no, um, I'm pissed. <laughs> the world is crazy. I'm confused. I'm sad, right? Mm -hmm. um, and those are definitely moments within just this year. I was like, I could be better. Yeah. You know, the world could be better. Yeah. When did you get to a place or have you even gotten to that place at your current job or at other jobs where you felt that you could be more honest with that answer that when a colleague, a supervisor, anyone in that workspace said, hey, how are you? And you didn't just say, I'm great. I'm good. Ooh, um, geez. I think, I think once, and this is a really weird way to think about it, but I think once 2020 hit, it was like all, all the, you know, put all the shit on the table, if you will, right? Because you can't, you can't hide it. But also, I think there is a collective understanding that no one's doing okay right now. <laughs> no one's doing okay. And we need to be able to say that we're not doing okay. Absolutely. The other thing I think is that I, I deal with so many people in different lines of work, right? Because I have, I have a few different jobs. But I deal with so many people who just look at you and they smile like, I'm doing fine. And I'm looking at them like, you're not. And that's okay that you're not. But I cannot tell you that and not practice it myself. I cannot. I have to practice what I preach. We are our own worst patients sometimes, right? Oh, my God, yes. And as mental health therapists, as you just said beautifully, our job is we're trained as clinicians to recognize when you're putting barriers up and mm -hmm. you're saying, I'm fine. Everything's great. I'm good. No worries. Girl. You're supposed to worry. I know you're worrying and I can see it. I can read it in you. Right. That's literally my job. Literally. And then also, if you're going to be a truth teller, you have to first tell it to yourself is mm -hmm. what I believe. And so I can't tell mm -hmm. you like, you're struggling. If I don't admit to myself, you're struggling and you need community to support you in this struggle yeah. because it's not that you won't make it through, but you've got to activate your resources. Yeah. You got to advocate for yourself. And unfortunately, we're not taught to do that. Many people are not taught to do that. And I believe yeah. 2020 shown the light on that. And you said it so beautifully before that I think 2020, in a way, horrible that it has happened, right. the pandemic, we needed to see what was happening to Black lives. And we still need to recognize that and believe it. Yeah. However, 2020, I think brought a lot of barriers down because we had to face it. Mm -hmm. And it was this common experience, right? This community, global experience that we were all going through something really shitty. So you could lay it all on the table. Yeah. There, there isn't one person that exists that didn't go through 2020. Right. Unless they were born on New Year's Eve this year. <laughs> right. And then it's like, okay, girl, you might, you might get 2020 light. <laughs> right. No. But I think, I don't know. It's such a weird, weird concept to think about because you almost have this idea that everyone should be telling their truth, right? Everyone should be acknowledging when they're not okay. And you kind of have to get past the point that like we're human. Right. And I think I've had to take a greater look at myself in terms of my identity, right? I think mm -hmm. that there is this idea of who black women are supposed to be mm -hmm. and, and we're not a monolith. We absolutely have a bevy of emotions and identities and, and all of these things and we exist in all of these spaces. And the reason people can look at us and say shit like, you're just a little Olivia Pope. This is literally something that happened to me at an internship, <laughs> right? You're just like a little Olivia Pope. You're so cute. What? The, I, oh, girl, okay. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> Right. That's the thing. That and happened. which version of Olivia Pope are you talking about? Hello. 
Because I was saw, I was seeing Olivia who is, you know, taking taking shots of hooch before she went to go handle Am I that one? Thank you. Right, right. But it's this idea that like, yeah, superwoman strong, go handle it. Instead of being like, I'm strong and shit is crazy right mm-hmm. now. I, you know, mm-hmm. like this isn't working for me. And I need to be able to say this is crazy. Um, and I think that I've grown a lot in terms of being able to recognize when I needed to say when. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that I had had a lot of conversations with um, people in power um, about the ways in which microaggressions happen in the workplace mm-hmm. um, and happen in mental health. And I recognize looking back and I'm like, you know, I, I pushed it a little bit. I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> I still have my job. I could have done that better. Like, <sighs> you know, I'm like, I'm grateful I have my job still because I was challenging the hell out of you in this moment. But also there was this fearlessness of like, if I don't say something, if I don't tell you that this is, you have to get out of this idea that we just take off our black skin when we get in this place, you know, that you're going to keep going. And there will be people after me who continue to feel like they just have to smile and bear mm-hmm. through for the mm-hmm. comfortability of putting it plainly, like white people yeah, um, in the workplace. And that's just not realistic. And so I think there was this comfort in knowing, like, one, I'm not alone. Oh, yeah. um, and I have friends of, of all races who support me and understand that shit is crazy right now um and that this is not something that we can turn a blind eye to no because it is happening and it's okay for me to not be okay and i need you to know that and i'm gonna have moments where i just cry about it and i'm gonna be mad and i'm giving myself space for that and if you can't handle it that's okay but we're not gonna be connecting right and not in this space not in this moment yeah absolutely and i heard you say too that you brought some things to the table at work. You confronted the aspect of microaggressions in your job that Mm -hmm. exists. The fact that there's extreme, um, how do I want to word it? Just the racial differences at your job. Majority of your clients are white. Are white. Yeah. I mean, and that's not, you know, I love what I do. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. Absolutely. And I think part of me loving what I do is why I advocate for there to be better access for people of color. Um, And so I would be lying if I didn't say that 2020 didn't, didn't exacerbate that right of like do you see the equality in the world and now let's look at how it affects us in mental health yes in this very one small organization even Mm -hmm. right let's narrow it down to this exact spot yeah well and i i love where you took that because it made me think about we are social workers we take an oath we have values we have ethics that we follow and you saying before that if i don't tell myself to advocate for myself and if i don't go get my needs met and i don't take care of myself Part of our ethics are that we do no harm to others. And if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be very good at our jobs. It's proven evidence to support that. Burnout is real. That we have to do these things, but it is so, so hard to take care of yourself and not take care of others as well. It's this dichotomy that I think exists in all health and helping professionals Mm -hmm. that doctors, nurses, veterinarians, we see it everywhere. Yeah. That we don't take care of ourselves. And think about it, right? Like we, we are considered like bleeding hearts, right? We're givers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so typically people who identify in these roles have terrible boundaries, right? And so it has taken, at least for me, mm-hmm. a real effort to enforce and set boundaries when it comes to everything in my life, but like my work. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, Meg the Science said B and that B stands for bands. I said big B and that B stands for boundaries. Love it. I need to set boundaries. And so that looks like, okay, that email, oh, I'm exiting out of that. I'm not on the clock. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not today. Not today. No. Even when it comes to like my mental health, 
and taking care of me in the state of this current world. I am like a, a poli sci buff. That was my minor in undergrad. And I love like watching politics. Like I like election season typically. And <laughs> I had to really be like, all right. So mm, see, I feel my anxiety getting high. Let my Apple Watch is telling me my, my heartbeat is getting higher. Let me go ahead and change this channel. Right. That's enough of that. It's what not is Disney good for Fest? me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's Disney Plus talking about? <laughs> what they got? That's I'm not going to play that. So Raven. Yeah. Right. I'm going to pull that up. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, oh, no, I think we have to do a better job of setting boundaries if we're going to truly help the world and impact others. Like we have to do a better job. And again, we can't tell people you need to set boundaries in relationships. OK, well, what about you, therapist, social worker, whatever your role is? Where are your boundaries? Healthcare provider. And how do I do that? And how do you do it? Well, is there a class that we can sign up and take Girl. on how to set boundaries? No, but in I'm work, working on it. In school with your <laughs> friends. You know, I just sent an article out prior to the new year to a handful of my parents I work with ages 12 and up. Mm -hmm. And there's an article about setting boundaries within middle school friendships and mm -hmm. how to talk to your young people about setting boundaries in friendships. Because the amount of- I need you to send that to me on the side. I will, <laughs> I will. The amount of young people I see that have no idea that it's okay to set a boundary, yes. what a boundary looks like, that it doesn't mean you don't care about somebody mm -hmm. and that it's okay to take care of yourself. Yeah. It's amazing. And those people turn into adults who have terrible boundaries. Like this is, a, and that doesn't mean you won't fall off of it, but I think it starts really early. It starts in like real early childhood, right? I remember being a kid who, for the most part, I grew up kind of like by myself. Like I have a brother, but we are 11 and a half years apart, right? right. So like grew up kind of as an only child. Right. And my mom and dad were very, really big on like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And I would be that kid to be like, okay, cool. Well, my friends come to the door. You want to play? No. Close door and face. Bye. And my mom was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you? I said, you said I didn't have to do anything I want to do. I don't feel like playing today. And I would just, that would be done. Right. I'm not going to force myself into something that is not resonating with me. So without recognizing it, your parents were instilling boundaries in you. Exactly. How and you, teaching how me how them? to set them. Mm -hmm. Like. I think a, a big thing that always came up was my mom taught me how to use the word no from a very young age. <laughs> did she teach you <laughs> or did you say no and she capitalized upon that? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. And I remember her best friend looking at her and like, she just told you no. Like, why would you, are you okay with this? And my mom was like, yes, because we can work through her telling me no, even though I'm her mother, right? There are roles in this family, but also she needs to know how to tell me no because she needs to know how to tell other people no. Yeah. And I want her to keep that fire. That no spark. is not a bad word. No is not a bad word, right? It's actually a complete sentence. <laughs> and, I, and that's it. So do you want, no. Mm -mm. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Right. You can be polite. No, thank you. No, thank you. Not today. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's setting a boundary. It's no, I don't want to. And so I think for people who were always told, like, you're not allowed to say no. Yeah. Those are people who feel like they always have to say yes to everything and they burn themselves out trying to please everybody but themselves. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which leads me to, you know, we talked about thinking about times where you've been better, especially how that relates to going to work mm -hmm. during a pandemic, global yeah. pandemic, and the continued in your face of recognizing that we have major inequality problems in this country. Mm -hmm. What about friends? What about family? Ooh. Yeah, I think, I think that there's, there's been like an extra emphasis on relationships this year. Mm -hmm. um, and for me... I don't think I've ever had an issue with setting boundaries with friends and family. Um, it's been challenging. Won't lie about that. I do think that it has been um, transparently hard for me to 
acknowledge and respect other people's boundaries that I love and I care mm. about, right? Um, and acknowledging that I wasn't really good at enforcing boundaries because for some people in my life, I didn't have any, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, I love you. And I tell you everything, right? And then there's this idea of reciprocity of like, well, I tell you everything, so you're supposed to tell me everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. Um, and being able to respect that and also understand that I need to build better boundaries. So I'll tell you that like, um, I had a friendship this year that ended and this person kind of was going through their own thing and they were just like, look, this, like, this is my boundary and I need to step out of this. And obviously like I took it hard because who wouldn't. Right. Um, and then it, after, you know, taking a step back and clarifying, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm bothered by this because I didn't have any boundaries in this friendship. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, what do you mean? You're setting a boundary, but we don't have boundaries. And I'm mad that you set a boundary because I didn't have any and set my own. Yep. When it was brought to your attention abruptly, this person was in your life for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. And this person was a part of growth and experiences for you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they put a boundary up. Mm-hmm. And naturally as humans, we're like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like, What is this? What do you mean? Um, and so it's it's a beautiful thing to be on the other end of it and past it and really sitting with like, oh, my boundaries didn't exist for some people in my life. Mm-hmm. And I had to do what I call, you know, I told you at the top of the year, I was doing my, um, my new big list, yeah. my new inventory, yeah. right? As I walk Tell into- the listeners what that is. Okay. So like, it, you know, it's your new bish list where you decide, <laughs> okay, wh- what are the things that you're going to do to upgrade your life? Um, for me, I, I do friend inventory as part of it. So I'm looking at- you're Auditing your friends. Auditing my friends in my head, right? That sounds scary. <laughs> But I, yeah, but it's I, great. And I'm like, okay, who who has fed me? Who has supported me? Who has grown with me? Who has not? Um, and that's not a cutoff. That's just repositioning people in your life so that you can move and operate appropriately. And I've had to do that where I'm like, oh, there's still love here. And that relationship is not what it was. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, readjust accordingly. And so that's just one area of like my new bitch list. Um, the yeah. other is like just looking at like, okay, what are my finances? What are my goals? What are, what are the things I need to do in order for me to feel at peace daily, right? Um, if we're going to be very, very honest, this year has brought on so much anxiety and depression for people, mm-hmm. um, myself included, where it's like, oh my God, this is, this is scary. And I think there's a stigma of being a provider and saying that. Oh, and so yeah. if we're not perfect and omnipotent and exactly. have it all together, how can we help other people? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so having a moment where I said, okay, what can I do to make sure I'm taking care of myself in a holistic way? Right. Like I'm a whole person. So how am I taking care of my mental health? Okay. Am I going to see my therapist? Um, am I putting up boundaries with my time? So people, right. Having my own clients where I'm like, I can't see you past a certain time because this is dedicated to me. Yep. Or even having boundaries with my friends where it's like, I love you and I'm going to get off the phone now because I don't feel like talking. And I'll say it just like that. I don't feel like talking anymore. Yep. So I'm going to go. I'm done. <laughs> right. I'm done. And, and, and making sure that I am creating space for myself to create, to explore. And that has fared so well um, in the last month, right, for me, where I'm like, okay, this is, this is working. Yeah. Um, and recognizing it's okay for me to set boundaries and that was a hard part and when I say that outwardly it's like yeah I'm good at telling people no but it's setting and enforcing the boundaries so the saying no and what comes after and what comes after right because you can say no right but then it's okay but since you're since you live near xyz place can I just come and stay at your house well yeah but it's not convenient 
It's not convenient for me. No, it's convenient for them. It's convenient for them. Yeah. And thinking about all the times in which I've kind of like betrayed myself and my boundaries for other people and what that has done for my mental and emotional health. Right. Yeah. I was like, "Mm, eh, we're done with that. (laughs) We're done with that. So what's going to work for me Um, and putting me first in this way. And so that's been that's been an interesting kind of journey over this year of growth. But it's also been really beautiful being able to rise from like the dark moments and recognize it's okay for me to set boundaries and take care of myself. It's okay for me to not to engage in certain things. Um, shout out to Black Twitter. I love, I love being on social media and seeing the ways in which we handle really what's considered grief, right? Yeah. Um, and and it's a collective moments. grief. Oh my God, yes! Like all of these these tough moments, um, and really just finding the funny in it. Yeah. Right? Humor is great hum- when used appropriately. When used appropriately, yes, right. I I was involved with someone years ago that taught me that it was like you got to find the funny in the moments that really really suck and so in this this crazy ass like year right year and a half for me it's been find the funny find the funny in this moment right because it's there right i'm like you know lockdown sucks this this is (laughs) you know what i learned about myself i um I don't shower unless I have to go places (laughs) a lot, you know, and I got to work. I worked on that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think quarantine really teaches you a lot about yourself. Quarantine (laughs) will teach you about yourself. And I'm like, you know, I recognize that um, your girl, she really can be a hairdresser out here. You can. Yeah, the benefits, okay? Call me for your braids. I got you on box I braids. I got you know, things like that where I'm like, this sucks. And look at the, look at the positive here, which is such a therapeutic like reframe, right? But I do. And I'm the worst for finding the funny and the not funny moments. Um, like my aunt passed away last uh, October unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And it was such a hard thing. And I think the other, you know, going back to boundaries, the other thing that I had to learn was like, I don't have to carry it all for everyone else. Um, and I was. And that's just kind of what I naturally do. And so, you know, my family's like in shambles. And I'm like, right. okay, like I'm, I'm holding myself. I don't think I cried until I got off the plane and got home. And by myself. And that was such a funny moment looking back because I was literally sitting in the middle of the funeral and I'm like, I cannot believe they got this choir, you know, like, <laughs> and it's just me, like, that's my coping. Right. And I like right. looked at my, my other eye and I was like, listen, when I die, you make sure that you not sing blessed assurance. I cannot stand this song. I, why do they always do this? And like, we're la- but I'm like, this is the way that we have to get through it. Right. Like. My God, one of my cousins put a scratch off in her casket. That and, is hilarious. Right, right. And I'm like, I can't make this shit up. Did <laughs> she win? Who knows? And you know, my mother really <laughs> thought, she was like, you know what? Somebody, somebody really probably put a, like a winning ticket they in They totally there. did. And yep. I believe that. And I was just like, this is, the, these are the things that one, movies are made of, like dead ass. <laughs> yes. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yes. I, somebody put a mini liquor bottle in there. Shout out to her and her favorite drink. I love that. But I was just like, and right. And like, these are the ways that we honor people, but it's funny as hell. And you have to be like, this moment sucks ass. But also, wow, this is funny. Yes. I can't. And that's the way that I think we have to get through a lot of things. I think people in general but especially black people i recognize like we deal with trauma by laughing you've had to yes it's it's a release it's a release and it's a good one and so it's crappy but i try really hard you're good at it this is terrible like i don't know you know you've seen all the stuff that's happening on capitol hill and one of my friends sent me a video like this morning of someone climbing up one of the walls and they played it to like the super mario music (laughs) and i was just like my god like i love the internet i love the internet 
We the internet that. is good for some things. For some things. Right. I'm like, this I need more of. The actual other, like, mm, yeah, got to cut it. Yep. So those are those are the things where I'm like, ah, how do I cope with stuff, right? I also recognize, again, shout out to quarantine. I cope by shopping. Your girl yes. got a whole new wardrobe. I don't yes. <laughs> and a whole new house decor. Okay. I'm like, mm, yeah, I got to put a new rug down today, right? Like, <laughs> right now. <laughs> these are, no, literally it's at the house. Like, this is, this is what will be happening when I leave here. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's part of, I guess, dealing and learning and growing and... It's a shitty process, but it's really beautiful. Yeah, and it's worth it. It's worth it. It is. Now, when you're in it, you hate hearing that, right? Everyone's like, it's going to be okay. When you're self-care. Just, self-care, right? Super therapeutic. And it's like, girl, whatever, right? Self-care looks like a lot of things. I was just talking to a client about this. They're like, so does my self-care include like, you know, leftover hibachi and a pepsi is that cool and i'm just like yeah that's also called nutrition like uh, right I eat like, food feeding your body that yeah. is self-care yeah literally taking care of yourself right right and you've been naming you know over the last 10 minutes something that we were going to get to if we didn't naturally and you did beautifully of saying this these are the things that i've changed and started doing right setting boundaries mm-hmm. i've been taking care of myself at home i've been decorating i've learned to be a hairdresser, right? In a way that's therapeutic for me. That's cathartic for me. That's what I need to do using humor. What else have you found yourself doing to take care of yourself? Ooh, okay. So that's a good question. I can't, I think when you have to ask it, it's weird because these are things now I just do, right? Like one of the things is um, I listen more to my body. And so if I notice that, um, I need to go for a run. I'll go for mm-hmm. a run, but I don't make myself now. You don't shame yourself. That, that, right. There was this whole thing about like a pandemic body and getting in shape. The and quarantine 15. The quarantine 15. And it's like, if you don't, if you're not using this time effectively, boo. Okay. Your body is literally surviving. It's keeping you alive. Right. At this point in time, in the middle of a pandemic with all of the world, all the stress is happening. It's keeping you alive. Absolutely. And so maybe try to be kind to it. If you don't want to go for, you know, a, a, a high intensity workout today, that's okay. And if you want to sit on the couch and have pizza, that's cool. And if you want to give yourself a green juice, that's fine too. Make sure that you are taking care of your body and you're listening to it. And that's something that I've been doing more of. It's like, what do you feel like doing today? Right. Being way more intuitive and also setting a routine that has worked a lot for me. Yeah. Like I used to be terrible about getting up and going to work. And I'm like, I got to be there 8.30, 8.20. I'm getting up out the bed. Yep, dragging myself. Dragging instead of being intentional and like getting up. Okay, I'm going to make my protein coffee. I'm going to turn on Good Morning America because I like to see that. I need to know what's going on in the news. Even if it's just for an hour, I get I get an idea of what's happening and then mm-hmm. I go on with my day. Um, Say my affirmations. Yes. Reminding myself everything's going to be okay, right? Like I'm deserving of all the things Um, and they're coming to me and really, really believing that. Okay, shout out to Ariana Grande, Just Like Magic. We're manifesting it. I've been over here saying my money manifestations for a week now. Okay, you can send me that because, you know, I'm where the money resides. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying today. to be. But, but yet yeah, doing those things and just changing, like, even that one small part of my day, my morning routine, has made a significant difference. That's awesome. And how I walk through the day, the things I do and I don't um, respond to in the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, full transparency. Like, I'm, I'm really big on holistic health. Um, and so I've been taking, like, more vitamins and herbs to kind of manage yeah. stress and anxiety. And that has been something that's been a part of my routine rather recently. And I've found that to be really helpful. That's great. Because I recognize like shit is going to happen, right? Or as I like to say, life is going to life. 
it's going to happen no matter if I'm prepared for it or not. No matter what it is that is going on in my world, life is going to happen. I can only change how I respond to it. So if I prepare ahead, at least there's a, like a small chance that I won't respond and like freak out and fall on the ground and like shake. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, what's happening? Right. I'm, I might be okay if I take yeah. care of me first. Yeah. So you mentioned the affirmations and holistic health and doing these things to take care of yourself moving forward. Mm-hmm. Was there anything like coming to your mind about as we move further into 2021, mm-hmm. praying that it's not 2020 on repeat? Lord, please. Is there anything else you want to do? Thoughts that you've had of other things you want to start implementing or bringing into your life? Yeah. So this is this is a beautiful thing about giving yourself grace. I think when you get into um, just like these these New Year things, right? There's this push to have like get your vision board out, get your intentions, get your budget mm-hmm. by January one, and I'm like, ooh, that's stressful, right? So I give yeah, myself. Who made up this arbitrary date that you God. have to start doing things? Right, as if you can't start it before then. But that's a, that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll revisit. Right. So there, that I looked at, and I'm like, oh, give myself grace. So I'm really sitting in a space of like, I take time out of my day, like intentionally thinking about what do I want this year to look and feel like, and I think yeah. that that has been the shift for me. Um, Instagram is cool, but it's also really, uh, f- what's a good word? I don't want to say fake, but it toxic? doesn't show it, it. You know, that could be it. Toxic. It doesn't give you the behind the scenes on things. Yeah. Um, you see people's so it's one-sided. It's one-sided. You see people, you see people's highlight reels. You don't always see what it took for them to get there. Yeah. We're not always transparent about it. Self-included. And I'm working more on that. Yeah. And I think we work, we focus more on what something looks like and less on what it feels like. So what I'm working on this year is what does it feel like? What do the relationships feel like with mm-hmm. people in my life? What does it work? What does it feel like to, to do the work I do? What does it feel like to be in this body and enjoy it? Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm trying to be more intentional about what feels right and what doesn't, you know, let's not stay here too long. Let's let that go. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Absolutely. And you don't need to stay there right. if it's not working for you. That's it. That's it. Because I think so, so often we get used to just making things work. Yep. It's like, okay, well, it's, it, it, this is uncomfortable, but I make it work. No, no. Cancel that. Cancel that in 2021. And that's what I'm working on. Where I'm like, no, there's no more just staying in spaces and relationships that um i feel like they just have i feel like i have to make it work instead of it just being a natural i enjoy this i enjoy this time with this person i enjoy this time with myself i enjoy my home and really being intentional about what makes it feel good yeah so that's something that that's also why i'm i'm big on my home decor okay shout out to me i'm I excited to see IG. your place <laughs> but i'm like oh, brand new right right i'm like let me let me figure out what i can do to make it so that when i come home i love this place and I like the feel of it. And it feels like me. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing that I'm doing. Also being really intentional with like just where I put my energy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's so much that I think we, we can't control. Yeah. And that's hard. Right. Because, you know, me. I, I like You're telling I'm like, me I like can't control when the pandemic will be over. Right. Right. It's like. So by June, right, we're, we're going to be done with this. We'll be good. Mask off because my Fenty can't take it. I, <laughs> I'm buying new makeup right now. want to wear it. You can't see my new lip gloss. There's if- a whole <laughs> new category of makeup slash cosmetic face care just related to masks. Isn't this crazy? And the impact of wearing a mask. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And it's like you, you want to have all these looks and you're like, this is so cute for a wing girl. Where are you going? 
But I recognize like it doesn't have to make sense. It makes sense for me. And yep. it's still it feels good. Right. I say this literally as I opened a Fenty box that came in the mail. I was like, yes, my new lip gloss. Who's going to see it under your mask, girl? You, you know it's there. Exactly. And that's why I'm like, no, I do it because it makes me feel good. So practicing intentionally doing things that make me feel good, being in spaces that make me feel good and empowered is something that I'm taking uh, more, more steps to do. um, Intentionally this year. I think that's great. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, as Taylor mentioned a little while ago, using humor in this appropriate way and as a way to shed some light on some really shitty stuff that we've mentioned today, you know, and you know, I'll probably make sure to put a trigger warning in our details that we're going to talk about heavier stuff that's been going on in the world in case there are people that are trying to put boundaries up and keep their headspace away from that. But at the end of the day, we also have to face the reality of the world that we live in. And mm-hmm. so what can you do to deal better and cope better with what's going on? Yeah. And I appreciate all of the suggestions that you've provided and what you're doing to live better in yeah. this world that we live in. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else, but so far so good, right? Good. Like, you know, I'm still standing and I'm still able to help other people. Yeah. 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 Well, I am so incredibly grateful for you as a person. You know, I can't believe that when we just talked about that, it's been, it will be four years next August. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel <laughs> like that. And so much has happened over the last four years. Man. And look at where we are now. Mm-hmm. compared to where we were then, which is also pretty incredible. It is. And so I'm just so grateful for you. And I'm looking forward to 2021. Me too. I'm still optimistic. And of course, always grateful for you, Suze, right? Like you're always using your voice for things and you're always in a space of learning. And I love that. Oh, thank right? you. There are people who they're like, you can't tell me anything. And I'm like, <laughs> I would be horrible at my job if that's what I did. <laughs> girl, so many. And I'm like, you know, we can have conversations. We can have real conversations. And you're always open to learning. And I think that that's a beautiful thing, too, as we all continue to, like, grow through these crazy yeah. times. Yeah. And find the funny in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings me to, you know, just our last little point. But maybe something we can come back and revisit is how when the... Breonna Taylor, George Floyd incidents were happening. Mm -hmm. You and I got together to have a very real conversation around race. You know, Mm -hmm. I identify as a cis white female and Taylor identifies as a black female. Mm -hmm. And so we needed to have this conversation of, hey, like we are friends and we've been colleagues and we both exist in this space and we both have different experiences and we need to address this dynamic here and make sure that we're not shoving anything under the rug Mm -hmm. because I we both wanted our friendship to grow and be able to be maintained yeah and that meant talking about really hard stuff yeah and I think that the plus side is that we've never shied away from these things right like I think um the other thing is a more intentional practice of um authenticity Mm -hmm. um because I think again you get as as black women and black people and I don't want to I don't want to make it everyone's experience but my own experience has been like you need to make sure that you are playing it right, if you will, right? And you got to make sure that you're saying the right things around people. And I have moved out of that and standing in my truth of, no, I, I am a black woman. I exist in these spaces. And the people who are going to rock with me are going to rock with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm never coming for people, right? It's always, these are the facts and let's talk about it. Because you can't deny what's happening. Like, Stephen Wonder can't deny what's happening, girl. He sees it <laughs> and he can't see anything, okay? Like, it's happening, all right? Um, so if you want to, you want to see, you want to not see it. I don't know if I can help you with that, but if we can see it and we can talk about it, this is one step closer to changing our future because the reality is like, while this world has been through hell, literally, right. Mm -hmm. And it's been at times 
really, really sad because we say, yeah, we made it. Yeah, we, we're making progress. And it's always like 10 steps back. When we refuse to step up to the plate and have these conversations, we do an injustice to our future kids, right? Because then they don't know how to have these conversations and be comfortable with the fact that like, you can't help what happened before, but what you can do is change tomorrow. And changing tomorrow comes with acknowledging privilege. It's what can you do to hold space for your friends who are of color? What can you do to make it so that we're not feeling so lonely? Because that's often what happens, right? Mm -hmm. We go into spaces with other black community, not because we don't have people who care and we're trying to exclude it's because you don't always know where you can say what yep and so having uh, spaces right with your friends who are not black to be able to say uh this shit is crazy you good right when all of that was happening I, I think i had several text messages from like you and some other friends who were like girl the world is on fire yeah. how are you feeling yeah where are you what are you doing are you okay yes yeah and being able to say it is on fire not doing good today and that's okay that's absolutely okay yeah it's absolutely okay well, thank you very much for today. Thank you. Go get that new rug. Girl. Put it in your space. Listen, un un I'm going to be unwrapping. IG will see it soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I know. I know. I'm I got to send. I'm like, y'all going to get into this. Okay. It's about to be a vibe now. I I'm not as much as a vibe as this yellow wall y'all got, but. Stop. I'm gonna you are it. the vibe. You are the yellow wall. Listen, that's also the energy I'm trying to walk into in 2021, <laughs> being the vibe. Perfect. Yeah. We'll take it. <laughs> thank you so much, Taylor. Thanks, Suze. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. And follow us on social media at I've Been Better.pod.